Welcome to Anorak, the happy podcast for kids. We have questions, we have experts to answer them, and we also have some jokes. Where did the cow go on holiday? New York. episode is all about our favourite things in the world, toys. Hello, I am Zachary. I am eight years old and I live in Scotland. I made my first sock puppet when I was about two. It was a giraffe. I like making my own characters with my brother and building them out of Lego or clay, but they sometimes fall apart. My brother is learning 3D modeling and 3D printing, so we can make better toys, maybe even some with moving arms and legs. Hello, my name is Yi Ying, and I'm the founder of Noodle. Noodle, spelled N-O-O-D-O-L-L. And in Noodle, um, you can find a lot of little characters they're called rice monsters and rice monsters are called rice monster because they're made of rice not made of rice but when in my design they live in a town called rice town so they're all called rice monsters and in rice town you can find all kind of rice monsters like rice mom rice pudding rice cake they all have different names and personalities they all look a little bit choppy just like rice and I really enjoy designing them. And I hope you can have a look at them as well and hope you like them. My day-to-day life as a designer, I see myself as a, more like a graphic designer because I design characters. So when I design them, I draw on my sketchbook. I then coloring them and I draw their face and expressions. And I decided what this rice monster should be. Should it be like an animal or should it be like a fictional characters like a ghost? Or should it be a random characters like a cup or a cake? So it's quite limitless of what I can design. I just need to kind of give them an identity and then give them a cute face. My inspiration of characters design coming from people. So when I meet someone, I look at that person, I think, hmm, that person can be a rice monster. Let me turn that person into a rice monster. So for example, I have a character called Rice Dino. He's very choppy and he's always munching, like snacking. And he has sharp teeth with the chubby cheeks. And that rice monster, Rice Dino, is based on my husband, and because he's always snacking, and then so when he snacks, his face moves and then looks like choppy cheeks move around. So I think I do turn everyone into a character when I meet them. So next time, if you see me, if I look at you and I smile, maybe you're already a rice monster in my head. And I will go home and sketch up what I think of you. Hello, my name's Kira. I am 10 years old and I live on a boat. Why did you become a toy maker? I 
didn't actually decided I want to be a toy maker. It's kind of like an accident. I I design a lot of characters on the paper, and then I start drawing where they live, and I start to draw their friends. So one lead to another. So one day I was just thinking maybe I could ask someone to help me to make them into a real product. So I started to look for factory to help me to turn my design into toys. So I found this Taiwan factory actually run by a lot of. So there's really good artists and makers. They sew everything by hand, and I asked them, "Could you turn my drawings into a toy and show me how they look like?" And then they agree. So that was my first toy made was Rice Mom and Rice Roll. So they turned those two characters into toys, and I really like it because when you see something from your drawing into like an actual actual toy, it, it feels really good. And then when I show people, they all really like it. So I think that's when I started to think, yeah, maybe I can turn more of my characters into. Toy into a real object for people to keep, and that's how I started. I didn't actually make it myself, but I found someone really good to help me turn my drawing into a toy. Hi, my name is Dylan, and I'm seven, and I live in England. What's your favorite material to make toys out of? My favorite material to make toy out of are soft. Kind of soft fabric, soft cotton, soft polyester. The reason to use polyester is because of the color choice for making toys, and then they're soft. So when you're hugging a toy, you don't want to hug like a really tough rubber. You want to hug something soft and nice to your skin. So usually, when I design, when I choose fabric, I I go for very soft, either short hair or long hair fabric. And then depends on the personality. Sometimes I start to choose different colors. So, for example, we have、um, a monkey, and then so I'll start to think about this monkey can be a pink monkey, it can be a gray monkey, it can be a brown monkey. So I will then sample different colors of monkeys with different polyester fiber and see how they turn out, which color looks the best, and then. We have a blue panda, so a lot of people ask, why don't you just go for traditional black and white panda? But then I think, well, it's a toy, and then any character can be any color. So panda, they don't really need to be black; they can be blue as well. I imagine a lot. I think about a lot of strange things. So just take the example of the rice monsters. Like they live in a fiction town called Rice Town. Why rice? Because I I'm from Taiwan, and when I grow up, we eat rice every day, and that's our main cuisine. So rice for me is not just food; it's also something really personal. I love rice. I love eating rice, and I love turning rice into different form. It could be like a sushi, could be like a rice bowl, it could be rice cake. So when I'm designing, I kind of imagine a lot of what can rice turning into a toy, and what can rice do in my town. So, for example, in Rice Town, you can see those rice monsters that live in the rice bowl full of rice. So just turning everything rice related into my design, and some of the chimney could be two chopsticks, 
and then some of the soy sauce could be tree. So it's kind of taking everyday objects and then turning them into something fun and something that actually also makes me happy when I designed it. What skills do you need to become a toy maker? I think you need to love toy to start with. Love playing toy. You love experience different kind of toys, and the curiosity of want to play and the imagination as well. So if you like to play, you can be a toy designer because you can imagine a lot of different things that you can invent a different toy. You can imagine different characters that. Could be in your toys, so I don't think there's a lot of restriction to start. And then you probably need a pen and paper to draw all your imagination, to draw your ideas, to write down what you think makes a good toy. And I guess to be a toy designer, your most powerful skill is your imagination. From the toys you've made, what is your favorite one? My favorite toy every year is different. It depends on how I feel that day. So some days I feel like I'm a little bit miserable. So I will just tend to go for some toy that's a bit sleepy and a bit lazy because that's how I feel. And on that day, like we have a lot of cloud in Rice Town, I will maybe hug a little cloud, and they're sleepy, hugging the sleepy sheep. Um, some days when I feel energetic, I just like the toy that I design. For example, the mini fruit toy. We have a lot of fruit fruit toys, so a lot of them are bright color, like a bright pineapple, bright strawberry, bright apple, bright carrot, and those because they're so bright and happy, they cheer me up. So we have over hundred characters now. So it's quite difficult at the moment to choose a particular one that I really like, but I kind of choose a body every day. Like today, I'm with my tiger toy because this year is a year of tiger in the Chinese lunar year, and also this new tiger is our new character. So I really like the look of it, and then it, it just makes me feel really positive to start the year in this happy mood. I often receive like lots of letters from our friends that who likes our toys and designs, and some of them even go on and design a whole range of new character for us. And that's always so exciting for us to see people that are so in love with our creatures and they like what we do and they also want to contribute. Their design. So, if you like Noodle Town, if you like Rice Town, if you like Rice Monster, if you want to share with us your design, you're welcome because we always love receiving letters from you. Hello, I'm Alan Goldsmith, owner of Mount Fidget Castle Norman Village, a unique tourist attraction in Essex, just one mile off of Junction Eight of the M11. I'm supposed to be retired now, but I'm not retired. I'm still producing shows and getting up new projects and releasing my children's books and lots of other things and give talks all over the place. And、uh, I'm still rocking and rolling. 
the castle, Morton Bailey Castle, covers 10 acres, which is a complete castle that is living history, as it was with the animals roaming free. We have deer that have all rescued deer, rescued animals. Sometimes you get animals that weren't Norman animals like guinea fowl, where people know we rescue animals and suddenly we come to work and there's a, a couple of guinea fowls that people have thrown over the fence. And we've rescued lots of deer. And I personally love animals, and it's a nice ambience. But next to the castle, on the periphery of the castle, we have the House on the Hill Toy Museum and the dinosaurs to make it more interesting for a wider range of um, children to enjoy. My house was in the grounds, and um, I'd been a toy collector, which we'll go on to later, but I decided that I was going to turn the house into a toy museum which I'd built up over many years as a private collection. And um, it's now the largest uh, privately owned toy museum in Europe. I don't know about the world, but definitely in Europe. With 70,000 toys. My son has now taken over, but I'm still working on other things to do, not necessarily here. But uh, if you've got a child's imagination, you're landed with it. You're still a big child, which I am, I'm afraid. I'm not the big important man. I'm still a childish animal lover. <laughs> Hello, my name is Madea, and, and I am five and I live in England. Who makes toys? Let me start, first of all, with who made toys. Uh, many, many years ago, there wasn't toy shops. I'm going back hundreds of years. And so for little or children, the mother would make a rag doll and the daddy would make a, a doll's house. That was for the little girls. For the little boys, they would go out like I had to. They would cut a stick out of the hedge and make a bow and arrow or a spear. And with cotton reels, they used to put elastic band and make tanks out of cotton reels. And the Romans did the same thing. They'd make toys out of stones. And um, basically, they would carve out of wood. That was the basic material. There wasn't metal. And then later on, of course, in the Victorian age and so on, they started to produce toys. The main manufacturer of toys in the world was Germany. Germany was, they made fabulous toys. They were the main producers. The Germans were very proud of what they did. They always put made in Germany on their toys. And when, after World War I, 1914 to 1918, there was this anti-German feeling. So the German manufacturers didn't put made in Germany. They put foreign the word foreign on them. So people knew it was a foreign toy, but they didn't know what country it came from. Later on, as the Nazis were rising in power in um, Germany, a lot of the toy manufacturers were Jewish. They all fled Germany and came to England. Also, earlier toys were jigsaws and games made out of cardboard and paper. What that happened, when Christmas came, they would make up a game or a jigsaw and make it out of the cardboard what, what was left. They'd get a local artist to design it. And they're very collectible. I've personally got 800 games I've collected. And it's the artwork in those early days, which is fabulous artwork. 
In the 50s, the German industry was totally destroyed and the Americans wanted to get the Japanese economy going. So they encouraged the Japanese to start manufacturing toys, their toy manufacturing. So they copied the Germans, they copied their toys and they started to make robots and all tin toys and they were made in Japan. Toys follow the political and the environment of the age. And we had space toys, so lots of robots and rockets, which are very collectible now. Hello, I am Ursula, and I live in the United States. I'm nine years old. What kind of toys do you have in a toy museum? We have lots of toys. Now, I tell you what, my idea what a toy museum should be. Most children, like yourself, had a wonderful childhood. And um, a toy museum trip should be like a a voyage of dreams. Uh, You go to the toy museum and you're an adult and you suddenly see a toy that your auntie gave you when you was a little girl or a little boy and that ignites that memory of that lost auntie who's now passed on and it floods back all the wonderful times when you was a little girl or boy so we try to make it like a journey of dreams and to ignite that and even a 20 year old would say oh i remember having one of those i had one of those my auntie gave it, or my mum, or my dad, and it went on so long. We try and keep toys from 1700 right up to the 1980s. We have everything, a whole range, over 70,000 toys covering all the way up to about 1985. Of course, we have to move on to 1990s soon because the generation like you as a little girl, you'd like to come in 10 years' time and see what you had given you when you were a little girl of four or five. Hello, I am Tova. I am six years old and I live in the United States. Why were toy museums invented? Well, if they weren't invented, toys like jigsaw puzzles made of cardboard or wood or tin toys that can get rusty and get destroyed. In the end, if there wasn't toy museums, people wouldn't be able to go and see them and what they were like. So toy museums are preserving our memories and our social history and what the people played with years ago. So that's why toy museums exist. There's not many. Um, I'm the only private one because I'm a collector. And they're left for future generations like yourself to come and see what children many years ago played with. And that's why toy museums exist. It's preserving our heritage and our social history. What are the main differences between toys made now and toys you had as a child? The big difference now is the health and safety of children. So the great difference is, and it's a good thing, they now have to comply with all these regulations that when you play with your toys, they're now safe and the the paint is not poisonous, there's no sharp edges and so on. My name is Frida. I'm six years old. I live in England and my papa's from Germany. What did you like to buy when you were little? Well, when I was a little boy, I had no money. We didn't have pocket money, so we couldn't buy toys. So consequently, 
uh, we'd make our own toys. So when I got to a big boy, 15, I suddenly started collecting toys. And I was trying to recapture my childhood. The tin train that I didn't have, I would buy when I was uh, 18. And I started buying and buying and buying, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's a museum full of 70,000 toys. I quite like the games because I like the artwork and the memories, and I like trains to wind up, and I like space toys, and I like robots. But I am suspect I'm like any child, you know, I change, you know, one day it's that, another day it's another. My philosophy in life is that it should be rather like a fairy. You should go through life creating and leave uh, something behind, like the dollops magic does. Hi, my name's Louise, and I'm the owner of Benjamin Pollock's Toy Shop in Covent Garden. Benjamin Pollock's Toy Shop has been in the market in Covent Garden since 1980 and I went to work there as a schoolgirl and I used to help the owners originally who were from Pollock's Toy Museum and Marguerite Forgey who owned that one was like a, a grandmother to me so I used to go and I started off by counting the doll's eyes, that was what I used to do. A long time later, I now actually own the toy shop, but that's a very long time ago that I was there as a schoolgirl counting the doll's eyes. We'd have to do a stock take because it is a shop. And at that point, Marguerite had it as a sort of like a christening shop. Her speciality was these antique dolls. So we used to sell all the things around dolls and doll's eyes. So yes, that's why I used to have to count them so that they knew how many they had sold. Our toys are all based around theatre. We specialise in toy theatres, which are, as I say, a theatre that's a toy that you can play with. And because toy theatres are from about 150 years ago, before computers, obviously, and TV and film, so our aesthetic is quite vintage, shall we say. We have recently done a toy theatre with Disney of Frozen the Musical. Not Frozen the film, but Frozen the Musical. And that's because it's on around the corner at Drury Lane. And so we're just bringing it to a new audience. So kids who might not have ever played with a toy theatre before will now think, oh, I know about Disney Frozen the Musical. And then they'll get into it and then they'll see how much fun it is. What's your role in making toys? Thanks, Dylan. My role is, I was thinking about this and I thought, well, I guess, say, for example, we have to make a 3D paper toy, then we might need two designers on it. So we need one of the designers to make the paper design, the 3D design. So they would be like the director. And then you've got the artist who is going to be more the, like the actor in a in a film. So they're the ones who are bringing all the visual ideas. And then you need to put them all together. And my role in it, really, it's like alchemy. When you see it, you get all the work in and then you see it all come together. And that's the magic part. And then I have to do some of the boring parts, <laughs> which I don't like as much, which is the money. You have to work out how much money it's going to cost you, how much money can you sell it for. And then you're going to have to work out. Then it gets a bit more fun when you're going to market it. So you've got to show people how wonderful it is and why they want to play with it. You can have a lot of fun with that part. 
Hello, my name is Quinn, and I'm seven years old, and I live in the United States. What is your favorite toy? Well, Kira, I think it's always the thing I'm doing at the moment, or I've just done. I'm going to have to say that my favorite is the Disney Frozen Toy Theatre, because I've just made it. Then it's fresh in your mind, and you get to see kids play with them. So I've seen... Kids sing Frozen, but they're playing with my little paper toy theatre. So that one is my favourite. And then, of course, the next one. So I'm doing a new version of Sleeping Beauty, but we've updated it for kids for 2022. So I'm really into that at the moment because it's my new one. What's your favourite material to make toys out of? Okay, that's a good one. Because most of our toys are made out of paper. So really, that's printing onto paper. But the difficult part is working out how to make it into 3D. Because you have to have the idea of it, the three-dimensional paper toy in your head. And then you have to go backwards and have it to see how it is flat. Because the person who buys the toy is going to cut it out and make it themselves. What we sometimes do is we work with really good toy companies and they already make the toys and then we just put our lovely pictures on. But we'll always work with either wooden toys like a spinning top or a paper game or uh, we've made some kaleidoscopes so they have a glass lens. Well, it's actually a plastic one, but they tend to be all quite traditional materials that we work with. What is the biggest toy you've ever made and how big was it? Wow, that is a good question because actually we have a very small shop so it's very difficult for us to put anything big in it. All our toys are usually very, very small. So the biggest toy we've made, what I would say is sometimes we have made like one-off big things big wooden theatres so that we can display them outside. We made a really big, big, big wooden toy theatre, but that was all hand-painted. It had gold on it. The theatres can get quite big, but you've got to be able to get them in a room. And yes, it is much easier making and selling smaller toys, especially because we're in London, so a lot of people are coming to visit and they want to be able to take something small home Uh, in their suitcase. So we tend to have a lot of smaller toys. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. And now a message for the grown-ups. Be sure to stay up to date with our happy podcast series by subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like it that much, feel free to leave a review. Follow our happy news by visiting anorakmagazine.com where you can become a patron and register your child to be a little podcaster for our next series. Oh, and we are on Instagram too at anorakmag. See you soon. Goodbye.